Section 48 of Unbeaten Tracks in Japan by Isabella L. Bird. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Awaii in October 2012. Letter 37, Part 3. There cannot be anything more vague and destitute of cohesion than Aino religious notions. With the exception of the hill shrines of Japanese construction dedicated to Yoshitsune, they have no temples, and they have neither priests, sacrifices, nor worship. Apparently through all traditional time their cultus has been the rudest and most primitive form of nature worship, the attaching of a vague sacredness to trees, rivers, rocks, and mountains, and of vague notions of power for good or evil to the sea, the forest, the fire, and the sun and moon. I cannot make out that they possess a trace of the deification of ancestors, though their rude nature worship may well have been the primitive form of Japanese Shinto. The solitary exception to their adoration of animate and inanimate nature appears to be the reverence paid to Yoshitsune, to whom they believe they are greatly indebted, and who, it is supposed by some, will yet interfere on their behalf. Their gods, that is, the outward symbols of their religion, corresponding most likely with the Shinto Gohei, are wands and posts of peeled wood, whittled nearly to the top from which the pendant shavings fall down in white curls. These are not only set up in their houses, sometimes to the number of twenty, but on precipices, banks of rivers and streams, and mountain passes, and such wands are thrown into the rivers as the boatmen descend rapids and dangerous places. Since my baggage horse fell over an acclivity on the trail from Sarufuto, four such wands have been placed there. It is nonsense to write of the religious ideas of a people who have none, and of beliefs among people who are merely adult children. The traveller who formulates an Aino creed must evolve it from his inner consciousness. I have taken infinite trouble to learn from themselves what their religious notions are, and Shinondi tells me that they have told me all they know, and the whole sum is a few vague fears and hopes, and a suspicion that there are things outside themselves more powerful than themselves, whose good influences may be obtained, or whose evil influences may be averted by libations of sake. The word worship is in itself misleading. When I use it of these savages, it simply means libations of sake, waving bowls and waving hands, without any spiritual act of deprecation or supplication. In such a sense, and such alone, they worship the sun and moon, but not the stars, the forest and the sea. The wolf, the black snake, the owl, and several other beasts and birds have the word kamoi, god, attached to them, as the wolf is the howling god, the owl the bird of the gods, a black snake the raven god, but none of these things are now worshipped, wolf worship having quite lately died out. Thunder, the voice of the gods, inspires some fear. The sun, they say, is their best god, and the fire their next best, obviously the divinities from whom their greatest benefits are received. Some idea of gratitude pervades their rude notions, as in the case of the worship paid to Yoshitsune, and it appears in one of the rude recitations chanted at the Saturnalia, 
which in several places conclude the hunting and fishing seasons to the sea which nourishes us to the forest which protects us we present our grateful thanks you are two mothers that nourish the same child do not be angry if we leave one to go to the other the ainos will always be the pride of the forest and of the sea the solitary act of sacrifice which they perform is the placing of a worthless dead bird something like a sparrow near one of their peeled wands where it is left till it reaches an advanced stage of putrefaction to drink for the god is the chief act of worship and thus drunkenness and religion are inseparably connected as the more sake the ainos drink the more devout they are and the better pleased are the gods it does not appear that anything but sake is of sufficient value to please the god the libations to the fire and the peeled post are never omitted and are always accompanied by the inward waving of the sake bowls the peculiarity which distinguishes this rude mythology is the worship of the bear the yezo bear being one of the finest of his species but it is impossible to understand the feelings by which it is prompted for they worship it after their fashion and set up its head in their villages yet they trap it kill it eat it and sell its skin there is no doubt that this wild beast inspires more of the feeling which prompts worship than the inanimate forces of nature and the ainos may be distinguished as bear worshippers and their greatest religious festival or saturnalia as the festival of the bear gentle and peaceable as they are they have a great admiration for fierceness and courage and the bear which is the strongest fiercest and most courageous animal known to them has probably in all ages inspired them with veneration some of their rude chants are in praise of the bear and their highest eulogy on a man is to compare him to a bear thus shinondi said of benri the chief he is as strong as a bear and the old fate praising pipichari called him the young bear in all Aino villages, especially near the chief's house, there are several tall poles with the fleshless skull of a bear on the top of each, and in most there is also a large cage, made gridiron fashion, of stout timbers, and raised two or three feet from the ground. At the present time such cages contain young but well-grown bears, captured when quite small in the early spring after the capture the bear cub is introduced into a dwelling-house generally that of the chief or sub-chief where it is suckled by a woman and played with by the children till it grows too big and rough for domestic ways and is placed in a strong cage in which it is fed and cared for as i understand till the autumn of the following year when being strong and well grown the festival of the bear is celebrated the customs of this festival vary considerably, and the manner of the bear's death differs among the mountain and coast Ainos, but everywhere there is a great gathering of the people, and it is the occasion of a great feast, accompanied with much sake and a curious dance, in which men alone take part. Yells and shouts are used to excite the bear, and when he becomes much agitated, a chief shoots him with an arrow, inflicting a slight wound which maddens him, on which the bars of the cage are raised, and he springs forth, very furious. 
at this stage the ainos run upon him with various weapons each one striving to inflict a wound as it brings luck to draw his blood as soon as he falls down exhausted his head is cut off and the weapons with which he has been wounded are offered to it and he is asked to avenge himself upon them afterwards the carcass amidst the frenzied uproar is distributed among the people and amidst feasting and riot the head placed upon a pole is worshipped that is it receives libations of sake and the festival closes with general intoxication in some villages it is customary for the foster-mother of the bear to utter piercing wails while he is delivered to his murderers and after he is slain to beat each one of them with a branch of a tree afterwards at uzu on volcano bay the old men told me that at their festival they dispatched the bear after a different manner on letting it loose from the cage two men seize it by the ears and others simultaneously place a long stout pole across the nape of its neck upon which a number of ainos mount and after a prolonged struggle the neck is broken as the bear is seen to approach his end they shout in chorus we kill you o bear come back soon into an aino when a bear is trapped or wounded by an arrow the hunters go through an apologetic or propitiatory ceremony they appear to have certain rude ideas of metempsychosis as is evident by the uzu prayer to the bear and certain rude traditions but whether these are indigenous or have arisen by contact with buddhism at a later period is impossible to say they have no definite ideas concerning a future state and the subject is evidently not a pleasing one to them such notions as they have are few and confused some think that the spirits of their friends go into wolves and snakes others that they wander about the forests and they are much afraid of ghosts a few think that they go to a good or bad place according to their deeds but shinondi said and there was an infinite pathos in his words how can we know no one ever came back to tell us on asking him what were bad deeds he said being bad to parents stealing and telling lies the future however does not occupy any place in their thoughts and they can hardly be said to believe in the immortality of the soul though their fear of ghosts shows that they recognize a distinction between body and spirit their social customs are very simple girls never marry before the age of seventeen or men before twenty-one when a man wishes to marry he thinks of some particular girl and asks the chief if he may ask for her if leave is given either through a go-between or personally he asks her father for her and if he consents the bridegroom gives him a present usually a japanese curio this constitutes betrothal and the marriage which immediately follows is celebrated by carousals and the drinking of much sake the bride receives as her dowry her earrings and a highly ornamented kimono it is an essential that the husband provides a house to which to take his wife each couple lives separately and even the eldest son does not take his bride to his father's house polygamy is only allowed in two cases the chief may have three wives but each must have her separate house 
Benri has two wives, but it appears that he took the second because the first was childless. The Uzu Ainos told me that among the tribes of Volcano Bay polygamy is not practiced, even by the chiefs. It is also permitted in the case of a childless wife, but there is no instance of it in Biratori, and the men say that they prefer to have one wife, as two quarrel. Widows are allowed to marry again with the chief's consent, but among these mountain Ainos a woman must remain absolutely secluded within the house of her late husband for a period varying from six to twelve months, only going to the door at intervals to throw sake to the right and left. A man secludes himself similarly for thirty days. So greatly do the customs vary that round Volcano Bay I found that the period of seclusion for a widow is only thirty days, and for a man twenty-five, but that after a father's death the house in which he has lived is burned down after the thirty days of seclusion, and the widow and her children go to a friend's house for three years, after which the house is rebuilt on its former site. If a man does not like his wife, by obtaining the chief's consent he can divorce her, but he must send her back to her parents with plenty of good clothes. But divorce is impracticable where there are children, and is rarely, if ever, practised. Conjugal fidelity is a virtue among Aino women, but custom provides that, in case of unfaithfulness, the injured husband may bestow his wife upon her paramour, if he be an unmarried man, in which case the chief fixes the amount of damages which the paramour must pay, and these are usually valuable Japanese curios. The old and blind people are entirely supported by their children, and receive until their dying day filial reverence and obedience. If one man steals from another, he must return what he has taken, and give the injured man a present besides, the value of which is fixed by the chief. Their mode of living you already know, as I have shared it, and am still receiving their hospitality. Custom enjoins the exercise of hospitality on every I know. They receive all strangers as they received me, giving them of their best, placing them in the most honourable place, bestowing gifts upon them, and, when they depart, furnishing them with cakes of boiled millet. They have few amusements except certain feasts. Their dance, which they have just given in my honour, is slow and mournful, and their songs are chants or recitative. They have a musical instrument, something like a guitar, with three, five or six strings, which are made from sinews of whales cast upon the shore. They have another, which is believed to be peculiar to themselves, consisting of a thin piece of wood, about five inches long and two and a half inches broad, with a pointed wooden tongue about two lines in breadth and sixteen in length, fixed in the middle, and grooved on three sides. The wood is held before the mouth, and the tongue is set in motion by the vibration of the breath in singing. Its sound, though less penetrating, is as discordant as that of a Jew's harp, which it somewhat resembles. One of the men used it as an accompaniment of a song, but they are unwilling to part with them, as they say that it is very seldom that they can find a piece of wood which will bear the fine splitting necessary for the tongue. 
they are a most courteous people among each other the salutations are frequent on entering a house on leaving it on meeting on the road on receiving anything from the hand of another and on receiving a kind or complimentary speech they do not make any acknowledgments of this kind to the women however the common salutation consists in extending the hands and waving them inwards once or oftener and stroking the beard the formal one in raising the hands with an inward curve to the level of the head two or three times lowering them and rubbing them together the ceremony concluding with stroking the beard several times the latter and more formal mode of salutation is offered to the chief and by the young to the old the women have no manners they have no medicine men and although they are aware of the existence of healing herbs they do not know their special virtues or the manner of using them dried and pounded bear's liver is their specific and they place much reliance on it in colic and other pains they are a healthy race in this village of three hundred souls there are no chronically ailing people nothing but one case of bronchitis and some cutaneous maladies among children neither is there any case of deformity in this and five other large villages which i have visited except that of a girl who has one leg slightly shorter than the other they ferment a kind of intoxicating liquor from the root of a tree and also from their own millet and japanese rice but japanese sake is the one thing that they care about they spend all their gains upon it and drink it in enormous quantities it represents to them all the good of which they know or can conceive beastly intoxication is the highest happiness to which these poor savages aspire and the condition is sanctified to them under the fiction of drinking to the gods men and women alike indulge in this vice a few however like pipichari abstain from it totally taking the bowl in their hands making the libations to the gods and then passing it on i asked pipichari why he did not take sake and he replied with a truthful terseness because it makes men like dogs except the chief who has two horses they have no domestic animals except very large yellow dogs which are used in hunting but are never admitted within the houses the habits of the people though by no means destitute of decency and propriety are not cleanly the women bathe their hands once a day but any other washing is unknown they never wash their clothes and wear the same by day and night i am afraid to speculate on the condition of their wealth of coal-black hair they may be said to be very dirty as dirty fully as masses of our people at home their houses swarm with fleas but they are not worse in this respect than the japanese yadoyas the mountain villages have however the appearance of extreme cleanliness being devoid of litter heaps puddles and untidiness of all kinds and there are no unpleasant odours inside or outside the houses as they are well ventilated and smoked and the salt fish and meat are kept in the go-downs the hair and beards of the old men instead of being snowy as they ought to be are yellow from smoke and dirt they have no mode of computing time and do not know their own ages to them the past is dead 
yet like other conquered and despised races they cling to the idea that in some far-off age they were a great nation they have no traditions of internecine strife and the art of war seems to have been lost long ago i asked benri about this matter and he says that formerly ainos fought with spears and knives as well as with bows and arrows but that yoshitsune the hero god forbade war for ever and since then the two-edged spear with a shaft nine feet long has only been used in hunting bears the japanese government of course exercises the same authority over the ainos as over its other subjects but probably it does not care to interfere in domestic or tribal matters and within this outside limit despotic authority is vested in the chiefs the ainos live in village communities and each community has its own chief who is its lord paramount it appears to me that this chieftainship is but an expansion of the paternal relation and that all the village families are ruled as a unit benri in whose house i am is the chief of biratori and is treated by all with very great deference of manner the office is nominally for life but if a chief becomes blind or too infirm to go about he appoints a successor if he has a smart son who he thinks will command the respect of the people he appoints him but if not he chooses the most suitable man in the village the people are called upon to approve the choice but their ratification is never refused the office is not hereditary anywhere benri appears to exercise the authority of a very strict father his manner to all the men is like that of a master to slaves and they bow whenever they speak to him no one can marry without his approval if any one builds a house he chooses the site he has absolute jurisdiction in civil and criminal cases unless which is very rare the letter should be of sufficient magnitude to be reported to the imperial officials he compels restitution of stolen property and in all cases fixes the fines which are to be paid by delinquents he also fixes the hunting arrangements and the festivals the younger men were obviously much afraid of incurring his anger in his absence an eldest son does not appear to be as among the japanese a privileged person he does not necessarily inherit the house and curios the latter are not divided but go with the house to the son whom the father regards as being the smartest formal adoption is practised pipichari is an adopted son and is likely to succeed to benri's property to the exclusion of his own children i cannot get at the word which is translated smartness but i understand it as meaning general capacity the chief as i have mentioned before is allowed three wives among the mountain ainos otherwise authority seems to be his only privilege the ainos have a singular dread of snakes even their bravest fly from them one man says that it is because they know of no cure for their bite but there is something more than this for they flee from snakes which they know to be harmless they have an equal dread of their dead death seems to them very specially the shadow feared of man when it comes which is usually from bronchitis in old age the corpse is dressed in its best clothing and laid upon a shelf for from one to three days 
in the case of a woman her ornaments are buried with her and in that of a man his knife and sake stick and if he were a smoker his smoking apparatus the corpse is sewn up with these things in a mat and being slung on poles is carried to a solitary grave where it is laid in a recumbent position nothing will induce an aino to go near a grave even if a valuable bird or animal falls near one he will not go to pick it up a vague dread is forever associated with the departed and no dream of paradise ever lights for the aino the stygian shades benri is for an aino intelligent two years ago mr denning of hakodate came up here and told him that there was but one god who made us all to which the shrewd old man replied if the god who made you made us how is it that you are so different you so rich we so poor on asking him about the magnificent pieces of lacquer and inlaying which adorn his curio shelf he said that they were his father's grandfather's and great-grandfather's at least and he thinks they were gift from the daimyo of matsumae soon after the conquest of yezo he is a grand-looking man in spite of the havoc wrought by his intemperate habits there is plenty of room in the house and this morning when i asked him to show me the use of the spear he looked a truly magnificent savage stepping well back with the spear in rest and then springing forward for the attack his arms and legs turning into iron the big muscles standing out in knots his frame quivering with excitement the thick hair falling back in masses from his brow and the fire of the chase in his eye i trembled for my boy who was the object of the imaginary onslaught the passion of sport was so admirably acted as i write seven of the older men are sitting by the fire their great beards fall to their waists in rippled masses and the slight baldness of age not only gives them a singularly venerable appearance but enhances the beauty of their lofty brows i took a rough sketch of one of the handsomest and showing it to him asked if he would have it but instead of being amused or pleased he showed symptoms of fear and asked me to burn it saying it would bring him bad luck and he should die however ito pacified him and he accepted it after a chinese character which is understood to mean good luck had been written upon it but all the others begged me not to make pictures of them except pipichari who lies at my feet like a staghound the profusion of black hair and a curious intensity about their eyes coupled with the hairy limbs and singularly vigorous physique give them a formidably savage appearance but the smile full of sweetness and light in which both eyes and mouth bear part and the low musical voice softer and sweeter than anything i have previously heard make me at times forget that they are savages at all the venerable look of these old men harmonizes with the singular dignity and courtesy of their manners but as i look at the grand heads and reflect that the ainos have never shown any capacity and are merely adult children they seem to suggest water on the brain rather than intellect i am more and more convinced that the expression of their faces is european it is truthful straightforward manly but both it and the tone of voice are strongly tinged with pathos 
before these elders benri asked me in a severe tone if i had been annoyed in any way during his absence he feared he said that the young men and the women would crowd about me rudely i made a complimentary speech in return and all the ancient hands were waved and the venerable beards were stroked in acknowledgment these ainos doubtless stand high among uncivilized peoples they are however as completely irreclaimable as the wildest of nomad tribes and contact with civilization where it exists only debases them several young ainos were sent to tokyo and educated and trained in various ways but as soon as they returned to yezo they relapsed into savagery retaining nothing but a knowledge of japanese they are charming in many ways but make one sad too by their stupidity apathy and hopelessness and all the sadder that their numbers appear to be again increasing and as their physique is very fine there does not appear to be a prospect of the race dying out at present they are certainly superior to many aborigines as they have an approach to domestic life they have one word for house and another for home and one word for husband approaches very nearly to houseband truth is of value in their eyes and this in itself raises them above some peoples infanticide is unknown and aged parents receive filial reverence kindness and support while in their social and domestic relations there is much that is praiseworthy i must conclude this letter abruptly as the horses are waiting and i must cross the rivers if possible before the bursting of an impending storm i l b end of section forty eight